0: What's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. It is Wednesday, noon, central time. That means it's time for our monthly installment of Live Carrier Advice. We're going to catch up with uh, your DOT guy, Brian Riker, FMCSA, DOT regulations, equipment, maintenance, inspections, proper distribution of weight, CDL, MCS-150. If it's Carrier, trucker, driver, broker, dispatcher, anything in the spectrum of trucking questions, advice, and answers. And Brian Riker is not only your DOT guy and has a podcast, but he also has a company where you can work with him if you need, if you're at that next level and you need help at a professional level, Brian has that. But here he joins for 30 Minutes Live for casual discussion, checking in with the ecosystem, to say hello. And please do feel feel free to jump in the live chat. We did have a uh, we had a show last night owner operator car hauler, so coming on the heels of that, we're excited to once again, you know, because we talk about dealers and auctions and stuff on our other shows and trade shows, but this this is a trucker's trucker show. Here on Wednesday on Live Care Advice. So please do help me wish a very warm welcome to your DOT guy, Ryan Riker. Ryan, can you see me and hear me okay? No, I can't, Jay. No, you can't. Ah, oh, darn it. All right, well, good. Excellent. Um, Now, hey, listen. Okay, so you are, you're in Dallas at the Toe Show. So What is, what are we, what are you doing there?
1: Um, Well, I've got a couple of seminars I'm presenting, and as everybody knows that watches regularly, I'm the business editor for American Toman Magazine. So this is one of the three trade shows that we put on each year. It's a relatively small show, but it's a good show. And Dallas is... uh, Well, I'm in Fort Worth, actually, but it's a very interesting town. I love Fort Worth, and... The show opens uh, officially uh, tomorrow Uh, afternoon. There's uh, some seminars and such, and the show floor is open Friday and Saturday. I have presentations on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. There's no truck parking if you come by, but come on by. Oh, uh,
0: there's no truck parking.
1: No, no truck parking. This is right
0: in downtown Fort Worth. Okay, that's Um, good to know. I mean, that really is good to know. Ooh, you can download the conference schedule.
1: Yeah, uh, I actually you just had me huge, right there on the screen. Is that right? Okay, so where? where? Um, the, the last screen, the last screen that you were just on. Okay. Oh, that, oh, that's you're my right first there. seminar okay. on Friday. Wow. There's an article out about parenting in the towing industry, which is actually applicable to trucking when you spend a lot of time away from home. Oh and, yeah, sure. Uh, Michelle Suco, there's a very good friend of mine. She owns a. Heavy-Duty Truck Repair and Towing Company in uh, Wisconsin. And um, together, we're going to talk about the mistakes and the successes that we each had raising our individual families. And some ideas on what you can do to stay connected when you're away from home. it's uh, a great idea. Yeah. Wow. And there's all sorts of other interesting things. I'm going to be on... Uh, Saturday morning presenting my marijuana and the truck driver seminar.
0: Oh, sweet. Yes. So, everybody, head, settle in, get comfortable. We're going to pass out some samples and we're going to talk. <laughs> oh, that's how that's, that would be how I would do it. Mm hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's why I'm no, not this, doing this it. This
1: show this show has some <laughs> that's stuff that's cool. To get in the car hauler.
0: So, all right. So, that's it's really interesting. I was going to share an article about, because, uh, I mean, there's if this isn't curbing you take it away i mean this is a a big issue right
1: right we're having the largest increase in positive drug tests for marijuana that we've ever had And it's directly related to the decriminalization or legalization of marijuana and its derivative products like CBD oils and such. And either someone misunderstanding that because they have a prescription, they're allowed to use it, which you're not. It's still federally prohibited for safety sensitive functions. Or you're using an over-the-counter product and you're betting your entire career on them being honest about their total thc content and for them to claim zero thc and be legal to sell it over the counter they only have to test one batch ever made below the threshold a good reputable company tests every batch and makes certificates of testing compliance available on request but not everybody has integrity with their products out there and so the variation the, the below the legal threshold is the same threshold that we use for the drug test. So it's quite possible that if they're off by just a fraction of a percent, it's going to show up on your drug test, and then you're going to be treated as a habitual drug offender, and you're going to have to go through the return-to-duty process, no, and it's rough.
0: That's the thing. This, I think, is the real, like, You're like, oh, I screwed up, okay, no big deal, too many cookies. But you go right into, like, nightmare, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, There's no in-between. No,
1: as soon as you have returned a positive drug test and you're required to operate a vehicle that requires a CDL, you can no longer. The moment that result is confirmed positive, so they'll do the first sample. It'll come back positive. The medical review officer will call you to see if there's any lead legitimate reason why, because certain prescriptions will also appear as prohibited substances. However, having a prescription for a marijuana derivative is not an excuse for a positive drug test under federal regulation. So then they report the positive, or you pay the money and ask them to test a split sample, and they test it. And if that's positive, that gets reported as a final test result and then you are removed from safety-sensitive functions. And if you're an owner operator and you don't remove yourself, you are facing criminal penalties should you get caught. The test result will be reported by the MRO to the clearinghouse, and officers now are querying the FMCSA clearinghouse as part of their roadside inspection, or at least they have the authority to. And if they see you're in prohibited status, you're done, you're out of service for operating in prohibited status, and that is not a civil, that is a criminal position to be in. Starting in 2024, these positive tests will automatically be reported to your state driver's license agency. So the moment you get a confirmed positive, your CDL will be suspended until you complete the return to duty process. You know,
0: you just made me think of, so we 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 were at the TSA coming back from a trade show. And I had a water bottle in my backpack. And You're a criminal. You're awful. Exactly. Exactly. In today's world, okay, throwing away the water bottle. But in two years, three years, the day will come, you know, interrogation room and Gestapo. I mean, yeah, just it's for possible. Attempting. It's actually possible. Because they... So, my point. Okay, so can we recommend? All right, skip the c- CBD. Can you say I recommend Bud Light?
1: <laughs>
0: can um, we do that? N- <sighs> no, you can't. Can you? No, but I no. mean, but we we know. Okay, listen, man. It's been a tough day. People barking at you, and you're on camera. I mean, you're stressed out. You, I, we get it, and you don't feel like working out right or doing so right i right, listen me neither <laughs> last thing i want to do at the end of the day is like do push-ups all right so we you need to wind down you want to watch a movie you don't even want to make a phone call you just want to chill out you can't do cbd it isn't gonna work out no so what's the left be- you got best- bud light and what well e- even there your alcohol yeah but, but- you're parked And you can't move, right? Well,
1: even being parked... My gosh. It's going to depend upon the state you're in if... They can determine, some states will determine an open container or a DUI violation simply by you having the keys to a vehicle in your pocket. No, and really? New, Jer- New Jersey does this. Oh, my
0: God, I didn't New think Jersey of New Jersey does
1: this. They, uh, in fact, I have a personal family Holy story God. with my uncle who was walking home four blocks from the local bar. He did not drive to the bar. His car was in his driveway at the house. His house keys are on the same ring as his car keys. And he was stopped for public intoxication, was cited for um, DUI, even though he was nowhere near operating a motor vehicle, and it was upheld in court because they said, well, you had your car keys with you, you're walking towards your car, you had the intent to drive. The car was in his driveway at the house, four blocks from the bar. Um, So, alcohol. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, all right. So, what's left? what what what's left is nothing um you can drink when you're a truck driver you just have to not in your truck uh, well depending on the state you're in you could drink in your sleeper berth but then you have to dispose of the cans and you can't carry any unmanifested alcohol well, that's with. why they
0: leave it in the parking lot
1: so you can have a you can right. you can buy a single beer or two are
0: lot lizards legal <laughs> They're more legal than alcohol consumption. <laughs> now that's a seminar.
1: Um, this but is
0: seriously, crazy.
1: You can no, drink. You just, have to, you just have to have it out of your system before you drive. No traceable amount. And you have to stop consuming four hours at least before you drive. But don't get caught with it in your truck. Um, and DOT, remember, the law enforcement and motor care enforcement do have permission to drive through truck stops and public parking lots in a lot of areas and cite violations when they see them so wow and the C- cbd if you're going to try to use that for a legitimate reason make sure you're getting from only a high quality distributor that guarantees right with a batch by batch
0: certificate of compliance that it is below the zero i wonder is and- the- Does anybody does anybody make like trucker CBD? We know you won't get put out of service.
1: I don't. I am not that familiar. I have not.
0: Right? Wouldn't that be a good? You you would
1: think they would for the stuff trucker CBD counter
0: at the truck stops. Yeah, next to the white cross. Okay. What is this high school? By the way, camera one. We just want to say these are all opinions we're sharing. Uh, None of this is meant to be taken as business advice. But, we, you know, we want to give you something to think about. So, if you need to take this up a notch and seek professional help, please do do that. And let us know if you need a referral. Uh, otherwise, we are just two guys talking. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that was... We never know what we're going to get. Ty will be in here shortly. Let's do this, since we're on, like, just crazy topics. Uh... Actually, I want to jump straight to this. Semi-truck manufacturers agree to California diesel engine ban for 2036. Are we... Are we really paying... What? What is going on? California has lost their ever-loving mind. Right? Um, I mean, and I... Listen, I used to live there. I've been painted as a lefty, I'm sure, at times. But I, this... What is this? I wouldn't say that too loud anymore. L- listen, um, I, I'm one of the last people left that's just like I still believe in like '80s freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. So what this is, and unfortunately, this will spread because there are several other states that automatically adopt California regulations when it comes to vehicle emissions. California wanted to end use of the internal combustion engine even sooner, but the manufacturers said they're not ready. So they came, they had a summit and they came together and they made this agreement that they're going to work towards replacing diesel engines with alternate fuel. This doesn't mean internal combustion completely is going away. So this doesn't mean it's gonna be nothing but uh, Tesla and Nikolai semis in California, but this means hydrogen fuel, uh nitrogen uh liquid propane liquid natural gas they're much less polluting than diesel that said there are limitations to range and power and torque but that is the direction that california is going and the major truck manufacturers have agreed to comply with this california has a current rule on the books That requires fleet operators to start transitioning a percentage of their fleet. And it's an increasing percentage every year between now and 2035 to alternate fuel vehicles. They do have options other than electric, but this is going to greatly change transportation. And California is a major transportation market that is critical to all of North America, not just the U.S., but Canada and Mexico as well. It is a major import point. I would expect to see imports ship shift to the east coast because what we're going to end up seeing is micro trucking where california will have transfers like we have at the border in texas we'll end up with transfers at the california border where stuff sits in a warehouse on the california side and on the arizona side or the nevada side it goes into a diesel truck and continues on its way and this isn't just diesel trucks that Other regulations in California are attacking the steamships that come into the ports and the trains that move the freight in and out of California. So, I just speculation, I predict a massive shift in where and how our freight is moved in this country in the next decade.
0: I like camping, fishing, boating... Hiking. I like that stuff. I believe in the environment. But I don't know if we're still... Is this still... I can't understand how... Here's what I don't understand. Immigration laws don't match the other cleanup efforts that I see in California. Trying to keep straws out of the ocean. There was just an article about how much crap there is. Like human crap. Human feces on the beaches. So... If you're going to clean up the diesel thing, wouldn't the other policies want to match that level of, like, you know, you're going to make it Singapore or something? That's not what's happening.
2: So I can't
0: understand the overall picture.
1: The overall picture is the California Air Resources Board is a very powerful bureaucracy It was created out of necessity in the early 70s because the smog was so thick that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face in California. But they might as as well operate autonomously because they create regulations and then the California legislatures creates laws that force these regulations to be valid even when they're exceeding the scope of their authority. Like AB5, right? Yes. And so California has a very broken legislative process and a very broken government where what they do does not always balance out. Because you're right. Some of their social policies do not match their
0: concern. They they don't. And I understand about sensitivity of race and immigration, but it's out of control. There are homeless camps there's another article there are homeless camps all along where they have hollywood studios and stuff and i mean it's not it's not just a a, a social sympathy issue i mean it's a it's a crime problem now well
1: well with, without going too far down that rabbit hole they've had recent court decisions that have made it all the way to the state uh, supreme court i believe uh, where They've struck down laws to protect private property where people wanted to evict the homeless off of their own private property. So in California, you can go set up a tent on someone's front lawn and they what can't a throw you out.
0: Squatters' rights. You see these yeah. on TikTok. You're like, wow. Yes.
1: and and so they have stripped away. Believe me, throw I believe in yeah you, you can't impound and tow a car away in california if it appears a person is living in it
2: right because you're that.
1: taking their house away and, they have all sorts of strange rules out there
0: and i can understand the sensitivity to taking someone's house but my god anybody should just drive the streets i it's really wild
1: well what about the you private, mean, private property free? rights I mean, the studio has the right to use their property. I have the right to use my front. Well,
0: exactly. It's mind-boggling. And then I heard Gavin Newsom. I know we've gone political, but my gosh. I heard Gavin Newsom on Fox News, and he doesn't sound stupid. So what's going on?
1: He's not. He's he's not. He's a very intelligent person. He just has his priorities
0: in the wrong place. It's, It's whacked uh hey camera one let's bring in ty since we're uh we're man, boy oh boy is he he's gonna lose his mind when he hears what we're talking about hey ty we uh we were just talking about uh diesel engines california cbd but we're gonna move on uh how about this one oida warns <laughs> against the use of automated surveillance in trucking but before we jump into that nugget how you doing man
2: i'm good how are you
0: oh pretty good
2: Thanks for having me on, Brian. Good you're to welcome. see nice, nice you. Nice
1: library in the background.
2: Thank you. <laughs> right. Appreciate that. He's I got reader. some more reading to do. Yeah, It'll yeah. OK, we'll get there. It's more more to uh, do. Yeah, I love the person doing. that reads. Oh. Yeah, you got to read. If you're not reading, what are you doing? Hello.
0: Brian's yeah, a writer.
2: at least a book or two a month. That's about, I'm getting close. We're, mm-hmm. we're close. We're trying. I'm pretty steady. Uh, so you're at the toe show. I caught yeah, that. So... I've been listening to you guys going back and forth. I'm glad that I came on now because if we would hear what happens to tie TSA, it would really be a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're up to 20 of my pocket knives. Now I'm on the pocket knife alert list. <clears throat> crazy, crazy it, times.
1: It's but... So easy to forget that I travel with one all the time. Uh, when, well, when I can, I have one in my pocket every waking minute except when i'm going to the airport. but half the time i forget that they're in my that's
2: that's the problem well as i'm listening to you guys talk i'm thinking you know i'm a big proponent of owning your own business right Mm -hmm. and building lanes building relationships making things work and as as i'm listening to you guys i think okay it's we've got some information that can kind of show that the average car hauler guy from start to uh finish is 1.72 years have you heard it's been throwing that around brian i haven't heard that specific specific stat but
1: i would believe that that would be the life cycle of a startup car haul company
2: well i got another guy that <clears throat> i'm waiting on his data but he says it's six months so it makes sense usually most people try to make it work i mean we've all been there like um oh, this isn't working well i'm going to make it move, move move another car whatever you got to do mm-hmm. well As I'm listening to you guys go back and forth, and I'm thinking about last night's show, we're talking about load boards, we're talking about, not much about equipment, but building relationships, building lanes, and technology, different things like that. The challenges, and I think this right here, this conversation that you and Jay are having, go ahead and add that on top of 1.72 years, right? (laughs) I mean, how much can these guys handle? before it comes to a place where I don't want to be in trucking anymore. This it, it's ridiculous. Sorry, I'm out.
0: Um we're close to that. And it tip. could be part of the goal. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you in the weeds a second. My internet's gotten worse over time. And we're on five G. And it's not my router. So what's 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 being done with all that internet pipe? Is there a larger ain't do they want human beings out of trucking? Yes.
1: The, the regulations are pointing towards automated trucks as the way to go. We're working on building freight handling systems that require very little human intervention. Think about the modern grocery warehouse today, where we had hundreds of people selecting orders on high pick, high reach forklifts and building pallets. Now the robots select the order, build the pallet. The robots can even load the trailers in some instances. They're using automated yard horses in some of these high volume facilities. And we're testing level four automation where you have unoccupied commercial vehicles driving on the highway. And I just commented on a LinkedIn post earlier today, uh, someone was commenting about the realistic truck driving simulation games that the public can buy and how trucking companies are buying ad space inside the game to get truckers. And they, they, they were commenting on that. But my thought was, we're building people that can sit and play video games for eight or 10 hours a day. I know that they're building trucks that can be remote controlled because the automation can work, but there's certain things you need a person for just like a remote operated drone that the military uses. We're training the next generation of video gamers to work from home, drive that truck for one or two miles to get it in the dock or get it around the corner in the city street that the computer can't and then do that again. So now we're going to have one person operating a hundred trucks we're going to have self-driving cars and i know this is a fact because i have personally participated in a test where automated cars would drive themselves off the rail head or off the trailer in the rail yard and onto your carrier with specially placed sensors and they're working on changes to regulations that allow mechanical clamping devices instead of straps to secure it so you're going to be able to have your self-driving car drive off the production line where it's built by robots drive into the train drive off the train onto mm-hmm. the car hauler, and then drive from the car hauler to the parking lot, and then from the dealer, it's going to deliver itself to your driveway, eliminating 90% of the people in the supply chain and replacing them with robots. Then eventually, mm-hmm. we're not even going to have to go out to the store because the car is going to go shopping for it, for us, and the robot at the grocery store is going to load the groceries in the trunk of the car. The
2: yard. <clears throat> these are oh all God. the robots. Well, yeah, that there it, it is. There's right that there. one, and then I'm thinking Brett. All these little planes yep next
1: think think about that think about just setting the trailer on the automated driving piece and it drives itself down the road you don't need the tractor because you don't need room for a cab when there's no human involved in it that same concept could be the future of what our current tractor trailers look like and now just tie two of them together and you're moving two full-size trailers in almost the space of one tractor trailer with a robot doing it. And when they get to the city that they need to go to, they decouple and one drives east and one drives west for the final mile of the delivery. And you have one person sitting in a control room somewhere in the globe using a satellite to move that for the final mile or two when there's not sensors at the uh, individual shipper
0: or receiver it's going to. What blows my mind is how many of these things are already there. (laughs) I work with a auto parts recycling
1: company. Nobody thinks of auto salvage yards as being high tech. I work with an auto recycling company that has a automated high reach forklift that drives itself based on sensors built into the concrete to pull used auto parts off the shelf and get them ready for the trucks to deliver. There is an auto recycling company somewhere in the UK that has almost fully automated it's almost 100 robots doing the deconstruction of these wrecked cars you know the cars we haul out of Copart that everybody loves to go to the recycling facility there's a company in the uk that has almost fully automated that process where there is no human involved in tearing the car apart putting it on the shelf and then putting it in a truck later for delivery to the body shop and like i said i work personally with a company that is currently doing this in one of their largest facilities and is probably going to do it in other facilities because
0: labor is so hard to come by right now. So, okay, so then, because wow. I've heard someone say, well, China's going to have a population problem because their 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 death rate exceeds their birth rate. I'm thinking, not with all this automation. Yeah, there's not going to be a problem because we're not going to need the extra people. Yeah, dude, they're right on track. Heck, they might be a few people heavy. Yeah. Geez. <laughs> it's
2: okay. And, and, just and we're, not,
0: we're not we're mm-hmm. not doing this just to spin yarns and throw tobacco. This no. is important to recognize. Right? Yes.
1: I for don't... anybody investing in a business today, understand that your market is gonna look significantly different at the five, ten, and twenty year mark from today. That is going to happen. Mm
0: boy um all right so so what ty said the other day that made me think he's got to be here i said it i think it was monday ty what did you say about a driver and some wires and what did you say
2: driver and wires the wireframe
0: all right i'll so you said to me thanks ty you said all right you said uh it was something about okay if if you were it and you were talking to somebody if there's a couple wires that need to be replaced oh, for a light bulb,
2: oh, we'll, the light, yeah. Yeah, okay. tell me. Right. All right, so I know this. Tra-
0: nobody wants to hear this, but it we're, it's not like we're you know gonna win a popularity contest on today's show, anyways. <laughs>
2: right. So uh, we were talking about fleets, guys that have say five or more trucks, mm-hmm. and we were talking about drivers. And one of the things that we don't talk about much is driver driver retention culture in your company, right? Correct. So, I remember having drivers that literally carried around the little pocketbook, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And they knew that book way better than me. That's driver. a good professional driver. Very good. But where it would come into some trouble sometimes is there's a marker light out on the trailer, side mm-hmm. marker light. I'm not there. I can't see it. driver that knows the book says, this is a violation on page whatever. 287 subsection two one what you know like yeah well can you just put another light bulb in there for me and get on down the road because really we need to get on down the road can't do that Mhm. oh boy yeah, And you I, run into those I, I kinds service of service call
1: for a light bulb
2: yeah and i i think you know as a, as a guy who owns a bunch of trucks what do you do with this because there, there's truth right he's not lying it is no. in there.
1: No, if, if he's discovered a violation, you can't compel them to take the truck down the road till the violation is corrected and the driver is doing his job by finding it. Now, there's two sides to this. The smaller fleet is going to try to incentivize and encourage their driver to be able to make that repair. And If your driver doesn't want to do the repair, you don't have much choice but to send a mobile service tech out and then maybe start looking for a different driver that works for you or train your drivers how to make these repairs. Now, on the other end, the very large fleets won't even allow the driver to consider making that repair and they'll Mm -hmm. actually discipline them for taking the initiative to change the light bulb, which I think is ridiculous. When I started driving 30 years ago the big fleets were still handing out an orientation bags of light bulbs and wire connectors and <laughs> test lights and you Cobra-ish. were expected to do basic maintenance change light bulbs headlights put new o-ring seals in your glad hands some of them even went as far as giving you compression fittings to repair broken brake lines and stuff my trucks we all carried spare bulbs we carried the field installable hydraulic uh, fittings for the different sizes yeah. were on the car hauler and yeah. I equipped the trucks with a air-powered cutoff wheel so that you plug into the air system zip through that line when it bursts to cut a clean section out put the connections together and you're back on the road and the drivers were expected to be able mm-hmm. to do these basic repairs it was in the job description so they knew from day one in orientation so in your case with your driver Maybe during orientation, you need to be crystal clear that this is part of the job to make minor repairs if that's what you expect out of them.
2: Yeah. No, we, we didn't. Right. Yeah, it is frustrating. But even when you make the expectation known in the very beginning. So I'm the worst guy to hire people. My hiring process is something along this line. I'm going to lie to you about six times a day. You're going to hate me about 12 hours of the day. I'm going to ask you to do things that no probably reasonable person would ever ask you to do. Do you want the job?
1: well if they take it under those conditions what can they expect (laughs) that's
2: that's why i lay it out real clear i mean you know you've had it happen you've had drivers you send them up to get nine cars six cars and there's four or there's three and they're they're about ready to come unglued because they're getting paid commission and you're trying to keep them happy as well as try to get the cars moved and you got to spend four hours explaining why i told you yeah i did tell you to go get six but here's why there's only four there's this thing called the ifs there's a thing called post-sale inspection and you you spend a lot, a lot, you know, we had Rod Hamill on last night. He's got 27 stingers. Mm-hmm. And he does a little, a nice mix, actually. He does OEM, he does used, and he does slow boards. And as as I'm sitting there talking to him, I'm starting to remember all these things that, you know, the amount of time that you have to invest in your drivers to have them come to work and, and want to come back to work, and then you deal with things like this. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think we talked about it. We we made this clear. This is this is a smaller company. It's a team. I'm I'm really I'm not trying to be a jerk here. But we we even I even showed you how to do that. Mm-hmm. You got the tools to do it. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's just interesting. And I think you know you start adding on these what you guys were talking about these marijuana laws and this alcohol and you can get pulled over at the truck stop and it's just like. You know what? At some point somebody's gonna say, I'm done.
1: Well, the drivers are. This is right. why and I don't I don't like making fun of them. So this is not a insult comment, but this is why we're seeing the flip flop and sweat crowd, because this has gone from a job where well, I'll be quite honest, when I started driving thirty years ago. I had a crappy job in the right in the beginning, but then I got into auto transport early on. I got into auto transport in 1999, and I was making six figures in 1999, and I have friends that are working for some of the best fleets in the country, both union and non-union, and they're making just a few dollars more than I made in 99 to do the same job with much Higher demands, much tougher restrictions. Yeah, the equipment's got easier to drive and operate, but that's about it. So this is why we're seeing so many immigrants in these positions because the job just is not worth the effort to a lot of people anymore. And I don't want to sound like a privileged white old American, but quite honestly, if I had to go back to driving today, I probably would not because the effort for the reward and now there are exceptions. There are some people I know that make an absolute wonderful living. And I am not disparaging truck driving at all. It's what put me where I am. It made a wonderful living for my family. It's given me a chance to do things that a lot of people have never had a chance to do. But...
0: Well, there, something... well, there's somebody driving right now. Maybe a hundred guys driving around saying, This is a damn joke. Mm-hmm. Right? With everything going on. Yes. I I, ha- I have friends
1: that have been drivers for all of their life that are completely frustrated. I have friends that have left the industry. My younger brother is a professional driver. He's a former car hauler. He's hauling uh, propane and other hazardous materials and tankers right now. And he's actively working on transitioning into being an electrician because after 30 years himself, he is done being on the road. He would rather go be the junior guy at a construction site than drive another mile in a truck
0: there you yeah. have
2: it yeah, yeah.
0: that's and it actually, I, think you, I think you got it with the flip-flop crowd again I, you know i mean i don't know how you load unload and work all day in flip-flops and it doesn't hey, matter it doesn't matter i don't, matter. I don't, I don't get My
1: it. my whole point there is Some people say they're what's destroying the industry, and I'm not 100% sure. They're just taking, and this is why immigrants do so well in this country, because they take opportunity where the rest of us see adversity and don't want to bother. So they're just taking advantage of the market that my generation created. It was my group that let these regulations come into play. It's people my age that are legislators today that are creating these new laws and regulations. And so it's just like everything we complain about that is wrong with society in
0: general. It's my kids
1: that have to fix the mess
0: that I made. Do you know how much skill it takes to unload and load a nine-car collar, hauler nine collar and flip-flops? <laughs> I mean, you got to know exactly what you're doing. I, I would not want I would not want to try it. No, but, I would um, need steel toe boots and a hazmat suit. I'd probably still get scratched up. I
1: I, I was one that always wore long no? pants, long sleeves, and have always wore closed toed
0: boots, and that's the only way I would work. Um, but, but that said, and, and this is just semantics. But it's yes. what's really killing the industry is either removal of all human beings or uh all the scams my gosh
1: Uh, did you see um i forget where i saw it yesterday but there are over 900 we're talking about double brokering which is what we originally were going to talk about this week But Uh, there are over 900 carriers and brokers registered to a single california address using the same email and the same phone number and the email is WTF FMCSA at like AOL or something. They are taunting the FMCSA. And <laughs> this is like a hive of illegal double brokers What? Breaches. I wanna see And the this. automation that FMCSA is using oh. to prove these applications is not catching it.
0: WTF, okay. F- That's FMCSA. Awesome. I think I just found it. This is an article in oh, wow. Overdrive. Yes overdrive thank you that's where i saw w t f f (laughs) (laughs) carrier mocking the agency oh my god that's crazy
1: more of that please
0: yep and that is exactly why
1: we're having problems (laughs) the industry is falling apart because of automation and not necessarily automation of the vehicle automation of the dispatch process when i got into this business you had to know the transportation people at the auction at the dealer you had to have a relationship with the used car manager and that was where you built it this was a business of relationships that's falling apart today
0: um we were gonna do a double brokering show but um boy and here's the office <laughs> <laughs> awful hard to fit 900 companies in that little building i gotta say uh i'm impressed I mean, oh.
2: should keep going?
0: They're not running a scam, right? They're just using the dumb rules to sh- to uh-huh. make a point, right? Oh, I'm sure a lot of these are scam people. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm impressed and disturbed.
2: I mean, in... hey, I'm gonna I'm impressed- Poke the bear. <laughs> Poke the bear. That's all I'm saying. Well, right. that's
0: like, the thing. I you know, exactly. If there's hey, one Brian. thing we can all agree on, it's poke the bear.
2: Poke that bear, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, one Ty. other, Brian. I'm gonna let you go, wow. uh, or I'll yeah. get out of here. Whatever. No,
0: all of us, please. Uh, the audience you, is like, get out of here, jeez.
2: Well, no, I've been here and uh, I've been having a couple conversations, and it keeps popping up. The lenders are about ready to have a huge problem, and that is they can't get their cars picked up. Now I'm not talking about pre. I'm talking repo. Mm-hmm. The repo guys, the lenders are saying, I, gotta, I need some serious help. What's the solution here? Have you heard anything like that in the last month? Oh,
1: I've heard, I've heard that in the last month, and it's been an ongoing problem for years, but it's just getting a lot worse lately. And there's two sides to that. Part of the problem is when we went to this open dispatching on the load board for the inbound freight to most auto auctions, when I was doing it, i had a dedicated relationship with uh three Mannheim and one odessa facility and we had a territory that we covered and so i had a working relationship with all the repo agents in that area because as anyone that picks up repo knows they work odd hours a lot of them are smaller guys working out of a lot near near their house so there's a lot of restrictions that make it difficult to pick up a repossessed vehicle Some of the larger lending service companies, they have normal lot hours and it's easy. But in general, that's a tough market to move cars for. And it hasn't gotten any easier when someone that doesn't even know where Schenectady New York is takes an order to pick something up from there going down to Mannheim, New York, and knows nothing about any of the companies up there to make their 24-hour notice or what you can and can't get into with the vehicle, etc., new entrants that come into the business that aren't prepared to handle in ops without keys is a huge problem. So all that said, it's a perfect storm to have a problem. And I think, honestly, the only way to fix this, and I don't know if the repo companies want to get involved in it. I know several repo companies. In fact, that's how Ziggy Keller Ended up creating Auto Tech Transportation was from his repo company. He got sick of the poor quality of transport. They were coming to his lot and screwing things up. He just started buying his own trucks and transporting his own outbound freight. So, for the larger repossessors, I think creating their own transport company is probably a good solution. And then doing some backhauls, make it for hire, do some backhauls to their market because they're going to be friendly with all the local dealerships and stuff, anyhow. But otherwise, the real solution is for the auctions to pull their head out of their butt and go back to creating relationships with local transporters, instead of going for the lowest possible lane rate average that's on the broker board.
0: I got nothing. That was, that's it. The mic drop. That's all the truth.
2: Ooh, I'll mm-hmm. talk to you next, see you Friday. Right on <laughs> man, good
0: job. Oh. Hey, uh, yeah? Hi. Uh, on, oh,
1: the sure. same, yeah. on this same subject, I'm involved in a project with a salvage auction that got tired of having a hard time getting transporters, and they are starting their own internal fleet again. They had their own, and this is not the big one that you're thinking of that has already done this project, that had yeah. 600 trucks before they laid us all off, and now they're back up to almost 500 trucks. This is the second largest salvage auction in the nation. They're now... Up just over a hundred and shooting for many, many more of their own internal trucks to manage their transportation because the transportation purchased the purchased transportation network is so broken that they've decided to just bring it in-house again. And so I think we're going to see a revival in private fleets in the next couple years as well.
0: Which is uh, overall, that's why I always and Ty knows this too, I'm always asking Given how many folks are starting a business, isn't there a percentage that might want to consider just driving for a company?
1: Absolutely. Owning your own business is not for everybody. You could be the best driver and the best car hauler in the world, but if you don't have the other business management skills or the discipline to manage money, uh, the ability to sell yourself... Then you're going to have a tough time being successful, even though you have the hard physical skill to be the best car hauler, the best truck driver in the world. There's so much more to this than just operating the equipment.
0: And companies are looking for that skill. That's what's so interesting. They want you. They want you. They
2: want you. Well. That's why I really enjoy coming on your show, Brian, because uh, I think we're uh, like-minded. I think you're definitely more book savvy when it comes to the law than I am. But I love the back and forth. It it confirms you're hearing the same things I'm hearing. We don't run in the same circles, same problem, same. We both think here's some solutions if anybody wants to listen, but we're just going to keep doing what we do, Mm -hmm. and that's helping people survive, which, by the way, how do you get a hold of DOT compliance? Mm.
1: No, that's easy. Um, you can email me at onair at yourdotguy.com. That's all one word, O-N-A-I-R at your, dot ycom You can visit my website, yourdotguy.com, and use the contact me link on the page. Um, you could also search for the podcast on the road with your dot guy anywhere you get your podcast i'm about a year behind getting new episodes up but uh it is there and um you can send a message to the show here and jay will pass it along jay and i share the on-air email box although he never goes in and reads it but it allows us to know what's going on that's the one i gave you access to two years ago
0: oh yeah Uh it's on my to-do list yeah but no, seriously. Jay will tap me on the shoulder if uh, you
1: send him a message. But the best way to reach me is shoot me an email. at on air, links in the live chat,
0: exactly. FleetComplianceSolutions dot net, and that, yeah, on air at YourDOTGuy.com. dot Get ready to read.
1: <laughs>
0: he does. He, he Brian. Brian sends the most complete answers. Like I'll get a oh, question on. I'll man. get a question on the YouTube yeah. channel. And I like, yeah. I just, I'm doing right to go. <laughs> Brian, guys are writer. Yeah.
2: yeah I've, I've awesome. been in those email threads and I've seen the answers. Good job, Brian. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jay. Thank you, uh, Brian, yeah. for having me. Good to always see you, Brian. And awesome. we'll probably bump across each other soon. Thank you guys. Sure. All
0: right. Thanks, we'll let guys. you go and we'll schedule the next show. Have a good one. Thanks, Ty. Uh, all right. So let's do this. Let's look at, because this is a great way to, I think, wrap up the show as we look at the next episode um i've got august 9th as our next one because we're doing the Let's second see. wednesday of the month that's kind of the default
1: yeah august 9th uh, looks like a good week for me so okay, cool um it's just before the indiana toast show hmm. i might even actually be at home in my studio Whoa. so yes we can do august 9th
0: all right cool so august 9th it is i'll set up the live stream link and as always, um, you know, the shows have gotten more interesting. This was a pretty political show, but I don't know how you cover FMCSA and DOT without also, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you, you have to because they're politically guided regulatory bodies. So no. the current political climate, whether you want to play politics or not, the current political climate dictates what happens in our industry. So Mm. I absolutely encourage you to get involved. Vote, I don't care who you vote for, but vote because when you go to talk to your local lawmaker or your federal uh, legislator, first thing they're gonna do is pull your record and see if you vote. They can't see how you vote, but they can (laughs) see that you're a regular at the poll, and then they're gonna listen to you a lot more closely because they know that you're active. Because sadly, only probably 20% of the country is actually active all the time. I was at an event this Sunday with uh, Pennsylvania uh, Representative Matthew Cartwright. He's a former trial attorney that doesn't necessarily get along with the trucking industry. However, mm-hmm. there are a lot of other things that he and I see eye to eye on. And he's
0: always it, wrong when
1: we've asked him we ask him to finally back down on his insurance increase bill the insurance act a couple of years ago mm-hmm. i was part of a coalition that worked with OOIDA. i represented the uh towing and recovery association of america he did so he's earned a little bit of respect out of me despite the relationship he has in trucking because he's done the right thing more often than not and he even though that The Democrats are not in control right now. He's the ranking member of the Senate Science Technology and Commerce Committee, which affects everything we do in our industry. And so I went to his little coffee with uh, the congressman uh, event and sat next to him at the table and chatted for a while. And this is what you have to do if you want to elevate your industry or stop things like AB five and the carb regulations. We must be involved. If you're not involved and you're sitting on the sidelines, you don't have any room to complain.
0: I just put in the live chat. Ask Brian for advice. Send him an email on air at yourdotguy.com, On air at yourdotguy.com. I mean that, Brian. Thank you so much. It's amazing the information you have. I encourage everybody to send you an email and uh, and just find out what you think on a topic sure thank yeah. you jay happy to be here happy to help have a great uh, have a great show this week in dallas and we'll see you next month i will see you next month thank you all right you. man thank you so much brian thanks everybody thanks for tuning in to ati auto business live care advice we'll see you soon please do join us tomorrow on dispatching live and you take care peace out everybody thank you